So on January 5th, 2022, uh, new COVID data was, was released by the BC government showing 257 new cases in Revelstoke for a weekly period. This set an all-time per capita record uh, for COVID-19 infections in BC since the pandemic started uh, by local health area. So this came even as testing had been limited and restricted in Revelstoke and in BC. And also uh, at a time when the provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, uh, had estimated the actual case rate is four to five times higher between, uh, than what is uh, reported out, which indicates about perhaps uh, 1,000 to 1,300 infections in Revelstoke in a week. Dr. Karen Goodison is a medical health officer at Interior Health with responsibility for the Kootenai Boundary and North Okanagan region. And she's joining me to talk about the situation here in Revelstoke today on January uh, 6th. Uh, Dr. Goodison, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me today. Right. First of all, something that's new to us here in Revelstoke, there has been an outbreak declared at Mount Cartier Court. Uh, the first time a long-term or a residential care uh, facility outbreak has been declared here in Revelstoke since the start of the pandemic. Uh, Dr. Goodison, can you tell me a little bit more about what's what's happening at Mount Cartier Court now? Yeah, certainly. So um, I think it's amazing, first of all, that Revelstoke has not had a lot of outbreaks in their long-term cares. That really speaks to the high immunization rate and good work of the community. Um, Mount Cartier Court currently does, however, have seven staff cases, but no resident cases. And again, this speaks to, um, you know, a little bit to the new variant of Omicron, how it's being spread differently and to the protective measures that are in place in long-term care facilities. And in terms of the near-term future, sort of what can we uh, expect in the way of uh, sort of updates and communication, uh, protocols for how long this lasts or lifting that uh, outbreak declaration? Uh, maybe if you can paint a little bit of picture for uh, the community and, and family members who may have uh, uh, family there. Certainly. So um, currently we use the incubation period to determine the end of an outbreak and we typically will go for two incubation periods um, when there are resident cases. So that is often 28 days, which are those really long outbreaks that are very challenging for everyone. When we have staff cases, because those staff leave the facility when they're diagnosed, uh, we can shorten that to a 14-day time frame. And this is what we're hopeful for for Mount Cartier Court would be 14 days from the last staff case. Visitation, and this is provincially, not just here in Revelstoke, but visitation has been limited at um, mm -hmm. residential care facilities. What, what steps is Interior Health taking to you know, support residents' uh, mental health uh, during you know, this dis disruption in a time when you know, family members, uh, not all family members can visit? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, we do have a definition of an essential visitor uh, that enables us to support people who are um, needing that, um, you know, more mental support and more um, connectivity in their lives. So um, certainly we have that. Um, we also know that provincially there is a desire to keep this uh, order in place for the shortest uh, duration possible um, that, that enables us to protect residents while recognizing uh, the significant um, benefits they get from social visitation by uh, families and friends. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, I want to move on to a different topic. Thank you. Um, on to the, the booster doses. Um, you know, one of the things we're hearing in BC and here in Revelstoke is that uh, frontline workers like teachers, you know, hospitality workers like servers, camp workers, and other people who work in, you know, high risk uh, or relatively higher risk uh, environments uh, you know, are asking for prioritized boosters, which, you know, the, the boosters have worked generally like uh, the first and second rounds of uh, vaccinations in usually a higher risk or higher age group first. The, these people are arguing that, you know, we're heading into high risk environments, so we want to be prioritized. So will, for example, like teachers who want a booster be able to get one and have that appropriate wait time before they head back into the classroom? Right. So, um we are following the provincial direction on the booster doses and we are offering invitations to um, everyone who has been out that six months from their last um, booster dose which is what we did for our healthcare providers as well and so if you are six months away from your last um, dose of vaccines you had your dose one your dose two you should be getting um, a text to invite you in to get your booster dose. And that would be regardless of your occupation. Um, but certainly we would encourage those who are in frontline work positions, such as, you know, fire, emergency responders, teachers, this is a great time to get that booster dose. Uh, Interior Health has called for residents with uh, various kinds of medical training, including like retired medical staff, uh, mm -hmm. to volunteer at vaccine clinics. I'm also aware that, you know, the, the booster clinics are ongoing uh, now in Revelstoke this week. Um, and I'm wondering, how has the response been here in Revelstoke to that call for uh, 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 assistance? Yeah, so I think overall we're getting a really decent response to that call for assistance. I can't speak specifically to um, the Revelstoke response on that, um, but certainly, you know, it's not like we're... Um, we, we are seeing, you know, broadly that this is a good response and, and we could provide you an update after I speak to the operational partners that I have in order to um, better guide my response. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, on to, I wanted to talk about the topic of a rapid test. Now, Interior Health has mm -hmm. uh, announced that it has some availability for rapid tests. Um, it's mm -hmm. The announcement came about a week or so ago. It seemed to indicate that, you know, if you are having symptoms, uh, that uh, they can be provided to some people. So I'm trying to get a pick, and at the provincial and federal level, there have been a series of announcements looking to prioritize rapid testing, uh, take-home uh, type tests. So um, are you able to sort of quantify what the situation here is on the ground in Revelstoke in terms of who can get a test, how many are, have been handed out, uh, and what the picture on that's going to be in the next sort of week or two in the future? Yeah, so that's a great question. And so um, initially we were moving to have um, priority workers and those who are at higher risk of complications due to COVID to be getting the PCR test. So that's the nasal swab or the saline gargle. Mm -hmm. While those who are at lower risk for complications and, you know, would generally do well on their own could have point of care testing. Um, we are recognizing as case counts rise and um, access to point of care testing is challenging you know even speaking to driving up the roads to get um 
tests distributed, we've had a lot of impacts uh, to distribution and to the number and, and demand for all of these tests. So what we're looking at now is really encouraging people who um, have mild symptoms, who think they may have COVID, uh, but who you know work from home or um, don't need to get out and visit other vulnerable populations or live in a vulnerable setting or have personal uh, vulnerabilities to uh, complications could actually just stay at home and isolate. Oh yeah, I might have COVID, I'm just gonna stay home. For example, I work from home. Okay, I've got the sniffles and a headache and you know I don't feel that great. I'm just gonna stay home for five days. Mm-hmm. Then I can go back to work wearing my mask and do my normal things after that. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the, the best case scenario. Um, then that saves those point of care tests and the PCR tests for those who need it more. And so people who do need to go into a workplace um, or live in a congregate setting or um, are those priority groups um, and those people who would receive benefit from treatment should they get COVID. Uh, For example, people with uh, immune compromise who have um, respiratory illnesses such as COPD or asthma that can be flared significantly by viral infections. Those people are the ones that should be prioritized for that PCR test, which is the most sensitive and specific test we have. And the point of care tests can be given to healthy people who um, are interested in or for other reasons um, really want to know what their test status is. It's important for them to understand their COVID status. Okay, but are the the take-home tests, are they available now? How many of you handed out? Can Mm -hmm, somebody mm -hmm. in Revelstoke just go get one? Uh, Who's got it? You know, like mm -hmm. the provincial health officer said, that workplaces need to prepare for up to, you know, a third of staff being off at one time. And one of the tools to get people back to work is the the rapid test that could say, right now, I'm not infectious, so I can, you know, get back to the, the you know, school or the business that I need to help keep functioning. Yeah, so um, rapid tests have been rolled out. We do have them at our IH sites, including Revelstoke. In fact, Revelstoke, uh, we worked really hard um, recognizing it was one of the earlier hit um, areas with um, this you know, this latest wave um, to get those point of care, sorry, the rapid testing available in in their space. So that is available. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't can't tell you how many tests are available at the site right now and how many have been handed out. We don't I don't have that number at hand. Um, but, you know, certainly we have been using that um, and we are um, supporting businesses. Uh, we in IH um, are looking after our testing sites and enabling them to have point of care testing. Um, We know that demand is very high. Mm -hmm. Um, Agree that everyone needs to be planning for businesses to have challenges with staffing over the next while. Mm -hmm. Um, Testing absolutely can be part of that, uh, but I think we'll have very high demand for these tests. And uh, so we'll have to be working within the limitations of the tests that we do have available. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I wanted to touch on something you said there. Uh, you, you mentioned the early rise of Omicron here in Revelstoke. Uh, um, certainly the numbers bear that out that, uh, you know, community transmission got started here, uh, perhaps earlier than other places in BC. So I wanted to ask you, when did you become aware of the rapid rise of COVID-19, uh, the Omicron wave in, that came in December uh, 2021 in Revelstoke? And when and how did Interior Health make residents aware? aware that Revelstoke uh, had an outbreak uh, and that led to it being now the runaway BC hotspot for uh, per capita case rates uh, in BC. Right. So um, this would have been over the Christmas holiday time when we saw the um, case counts rising in Revelstoke. Um, we knew they were COVID-19. We didn't have, um, you know, specific indication of which uh, variant this was, but we did notice a rapid increase in the rates, which was suspicious for Omicron. And uh, at that time, we pulled together our stakeholders internally and uh, worked on a strategy um, working uh, on how we would expand our testing access and our responses in the community. And we also made uh, the community aware at that time when we saw these increases. Now we didn't do a proactive media release, uh, but we did work closely with um, you know, the city and with um, some stakeholders within the community at mm. that time. As far as I'm aware, though, uh, for example, the city has not uh, issued any communication uh, since the rise of Omicron. Is, is it your expectation that they do? Like, I, and quite literally, I don't think I've seen them on social media or anywhere uh, make any statement uh, related to COVID uh, since, uh, you know, in December or, or January. Okay, well, um, so I think that's a question for uh, the city. My understanding was that um, that actually, I mean, you've got an amazing mayor in your city who's very interested in protecting the community and being um, transparent in sharing this information. And um, I suspect you'll find that there was something shared. Okay, I, I can uh, go back and look. I'm not aware I did, uh, for example, on December 21st, uh, email the city's communication department and ask to, to uh, get an update about uh, the COVID uh, rise here and was told no one would be available until January. So I think you might have been a little early on the request. Um, and, you know, I think if you look now, you'll see that there has been something posted um, by the mayor. Is this like today or? So I actually haven't checked. Okay. See, okay. But I was on the understanding that there would be uh, something communicated. Um, and we certainly have had, um, you know, media requests to which we've responded. Um, Revelstoke is a very connected community. And what we find is that before we have a chance to put something out, Revelstoke comes to us and asks questions. And we respond to that with the information that we have. And mm -hmm. so actually within a few days of us um, recognizing the uh, increase we had, we did have a media request that we responded to and uh, we supported some messaging that the city could provide. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I wanted to uh, point out that, um, you know, in, in response to past questions, uh, Interior Health has said on December 15th, they noticed a, a sudden rise in requests for testing, uh, for COVID testing. On December 23rd, uh, uh, Revelstoke Mountain Resort issued a media release uh, on the COVID-19 situation there, uh, sending out an, an email to us, and, and it also said to other uh, local media outlets, um, saying that they'd had 90 staff affected by illnesses, uh, not all of it COVID-19, some of it, other ones seasonal illnesses. Um, now, that media release did not come from Interior Health. It came from Revelstoke Mountain Resort, and it, but it was co-branded uh, with Interior Health logos. So um, what that implies to me, and, I'm, and this is what I want to ask you, is that for some period of time prior to that, um, Interior Health was working with uh, Revelstoke Mountain Resort on this uh, period here. And I'm wondering, when did you sort of become aware of the situation there? And the second part of that question is, why not sort of uh, spread that around the wider community, let people know about the situation instead of leaving it up to a private company to email the media? So um, that's a great question. So we do work closely with businesses um, when they um, have requests uh, for support. Mm. Um, we became aware that um, the resort had cases and supported them uh to you know do their own they've they were very well set up to manage their own situation um and it was a uh these were staff cases we had um which were seen in parallel with the general increase of cases in the lha of revelstoke so we don't declare outbreaks in um, in that type of setting. We declare outbreaks in long-term care settings and in our healthcare facilities. Uh, we recognize increasing rates in communities and this aligned with the rate increase we were seeing in the community of Revelstoke. So from health's perspective, our role is to um, support the facility to do the right thing and to advocate for um, them to communicate as they feel appropriate, um, you know, uh, as long as it's not putting a the population at risk. And so what they're, you know, were they were doing all of the right things, which was identifying cases early, isolating people, and reducing that risk to the public, everyone was using all of their um, regular um, processes that are put in place to protect the public. So, you know, unless there's a public risk, that we see um we you know as an mho as a medical health officer my job is to protect the public um i don't need to communicate that when it um the risk is being appropriately uh, managed mm -hmm. okay so like we didn't declare an outbreak at yeah uh, you know so just just to be clear uh when did Interior Health uh, sort of become aware of the rise of uh, cases here? You said over the Christmas break, uh, yeah. but, but also December 15th, Interior Health is saying that they were seeing uh, um, a rise, a sudden rise that soon overwhelmed testing capacity in the next couple of days after that. Um, um, so, so are we 
is it a, a bit later than that that uh, Interior Health acknowledged the, the sort of uh, um, exponential uh, growth phase of, of the Omicron uh, expansion here? Yeah, so, um, you know, I don't want to get caught up in exact dates here because sure. I don't think that's really helpful. But what we do do is we monitor our, uh, you know, so I'm looking at the number of cases that are in a different area and we have a number of mechanisms to flag this. Um, this became flagged to, to us on the communicable disease and medical health officer side. Mm-hmm. Um in, uh, you know, just prior to Christmas. So, and then we worked really closely with all the partners in order to rapidly um, address uh, concerns, to expand uh, testing capacity, uh, to um, uh, offer any support for additional messaging and to advise um, our partners that um, this was the Mm -hmm. situation that was occurring. Okay. And I know you're a busy person right now, and I appreciate your time. I'm just going to try and sneak in uh, two more questions here. You know, in in December, uh, the provincial health officer made sort of wider acknowledgements than she has in the past about airborne transmission of uh, uh, COVID. Um, public health leaders have also uh, sort of used the endemic word a couple times, right, uh, in the past, in December, uh, and more recently in January, saying, you know, uh, for example, I believe the health of- provincial health officer says something to the effect that it's going to be with us for, for years to come. So speaking to small businesses and other businesses that are mandated closed right now, can you describe what you think that means for small business owners uh, in Revelstoke who have been, you know, hit with waves of sudden closure? Uh, what what can they expect to see in in 2022 uh, moving forward, perhaps past this uh, Omicron spike? So that's um, an, a great question that we'd all love to know the answer to. We'd love to know looking forward, what are we going to be seeing? What you know, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Um, so as so. While we stay in a pandemic phase, we are um, we recognize that we are seeing significant widespread impacts of this virus, mm-hmm. and we are still in that phase. We do anticipate that this will move into an endemic phase, and when we're in an endemic phase, um, it will be a seasonal virus that we know when typically we're going to expect it to come. We're going to have some interventions that work for that, such as seasonal immunization might be part of it. Um, It's going to look a little bit more like our influenza season. And we don't anticipate that that would then shut down businesses and we wouldn't have the broad interventions that we've needed to control a pandemic uh, because what we can do is anticipate when that virus is coming get people immunized and uh, their immune system ready to respond to it and thus be in a good stage where we're not going to be overwhelmed where our system is not going to be overwhelmed by a lot of people becoming really ill and overwhelming our healthcare system mm-hmm. great so that's you know that's kind of what we envision happening 
Okay, thank you. And one last question. You know, we've heard uh, pretty loud and clear from uh, frontline interior health staff uh, who are, you know, battling COVID-19, especially in our, our regional system where cases from smaller regional communities are, are sent to uh, centralized um uh, specialized uh, care facilities such as in the Okanagan that they are uh, fatigued and burnout is an issue. What are you asking Revelstoke Revel residents to do to help um, that, you know, for example, ER nurse who wants to be at home with the kids not putting in another, another double shift in the ER uh, this January? Well, the first thing I'd like to do is thank Revelstokians is that the right word? That's that. That's good. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for their amazing job in getting immunized. Like that is the most important thing that everyone can do. And Rebel Stoke has really, really got the gold star for that. So they have um, 97% of people have had one dose of vaccine and you can hear me shuffling my papers while i try to find it's pretty it's pretty close to that yeah i think it's 97 percent first dose 93 percent second dose Mm -hmm. that is outstanding and that is the best thing you can do to protect your healthcare system and protect your healthcare workers um and then the next thing is staying home when you're sick um and um you know uh continuing on with the good public health measures that we know everyone has done in Revelstoke. It's been amazing to watch the, um, the, the, the city of Revelstoke and the area around Revelstoke respond to all the COVID waves and how quickly everyone has followed the public health recommendations. And we've seen that curve rise quickly but then fall quickly back down and that is absolutely uh the right thing to do so i think revelstoke community is an excellent example of how to respond to a pandemic Dr. Karen Goodison is a medical health officer for Interior Health uh, with responsibility for the Kootenai Boundary and North Okanagan region where uh, Revelstoke is is located. Um, uh, Dr. Goodison, uh, thank you very much for taking time to speak with me today. You're most welcome.